Hello, welcome to Do the Franchise's first Christmas special. How you doing, James? I'm I'm doing good. I'm feeling pretty Christmassy, Jake. How Christmassy? Christmassy. How Christmassy are you feeling? Well, not I. I've, we always do this. We always date when we're recording it, which is never good because <laughs> then wait, we don't. I got a gimmick for this it. one. <laughs> twas twas the night before the night before Christmas. Excellent. It's Christmas Eve Eve for those that are count, keeping count. Yeah, me and James um, aren't very good at organising, so this is pretty close to the fucking wire as that goes, isn't it? I mean, it's it's a Christmas special for sure, because it's it's pretty much on Christmas. Uh, it may or may I mean, not come out on Christmas. <laughs> if this doesn't come out for Christmas, this is a, a, you know, an extended Christmas for everyone listening. I hope, uh, I hope, you know, if, you, yeah, if you've had your full of Christmas, don't, because there's more, and we are it. We are more Christmas. I don't think we should even edit this one. I think we should just put this out as it comes. Yeah, that should no, be the, th- that should be the gift we're giving. Is the gift of not editing it. <laughs> th- this is the voice of someone who's had a beer. Everybody, <laughs> <laughs> I'm wild, <laughs> living on the edge. Uh, it's only Heineken. It's probably got nothing in it anyway. Um, I will. Um, so yeah, what the, the idea behind this Christmas special? Me and James have ummed and ahed about this for a while. It was basically we were going to choose our favourite Christmas film and talk about it. Um, we landed on a few problems in that we never really could figure out which one we agreed would be our favourite Christmas film, and both of us kind of chose safe to say opposite film to each other. Yeah. So in a way, you yeah. you chose the one that I wanted, and I kind of thought the one you wanted was a really good shout. So we're going to just review the two films, but. We are going to give our wonderful, uh, you know, honourable mentions to two other films each. So I think yes. it's best. What did, what was your first movie, James, that you wanted to discuss in terms of your, let's say, third favourite Christmas film? Third favourite? So we're going with my, my least favourite one. I think that's probably best. I think go with the... Yeah. yeah, so I've got three in my list, obviously the top one. Um, what was the one that nearly made the cut? What was the first one? Okay, so the first one was uh, something from my childhood, um, because I figured, you know, it's Christmas, it's it's all about the kids really, isn't it? This was, um, if you remember, it was an animated short film on the BBC called Father Christmas, and it was done by the same people that did The Snowman. That's the one, Alan Jones, lovely bloke. Yeah, yeah. And they're, they're both based on books by a guy called Raymond Briggs. And, oh, okay, I didn't know uh, that. Yeah, so they're, they're both from the same sort of universe, uh-huh. uh, and they actually do cross over in, in the uh, Father Christmas film. Uh, the, the basic premise of the film is he's, uh, he's done with his busy night for the year, and he thinks, I'm going to have a holiday. And oh, I know, is this that he goes to Las Vegas, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, that's the one. <laughs> I know, I remember this. This came out years ago, didn't it? Yes, Jake. Yes, it came out in 1991. Oh, good year. That was the year I was born. Ah, <laughs> oh, you see? Oh, Excellent. Uh, it's it's Kismet. It's meant to be. Um, the the thing I liked about it, because we, we've both done a little bit of research into these films, because we don't want to like be too researched, because this is going on memories, and it's more a nostalgia trip. Totally agree. Uh, rather than uh, that. But uh, my little bit of research, uh, mm-hmm. his catchphrase in, in the film is blooming. Everything's blooming this, blooming that. Apparently, he says blooming 75 times. So he swears quite a bit then. Yeah, he does. <laughs> and uh, I, I mentioned off air the, uh, the voice acting. It, the, there's only really Santa's voice in the entire film. Excellent. No one else really speaks. Excellent. And it's all done by Mel Smith. Oh, wow. Of, Smith and Jones and yeah, not yeah, the yeah. nine o'clock news. So it's all Mel Smith 
swearing a lot at kids. That's brilliant. I've, I've had a look <laughs> online. Uh, IMDb gave this 7.5 out of 10, which is really high for a Christmas movie, I'll be honest with you, because Christmas yeah. movies don't fare well in the critical world of film. And it was it was a short film for TV as mm, well. It yeah. wasn't you know it wasn't a cinema release or anything like that. I mean, obviously, I think a lot of its popularity initially was because it was linked to the Snowman, and that yeah, been yeah. huge. Um, I found out yeah, today is... the Snowman was uh, uh, 1982, which is actually a lot late, a lot earlier than I thought it was. I thought it was a lot later in the 80s than that. But uh, yeah, yeah. So this came out nearly 10 years after the Snowman. Yeah, and it's you can tell obviously it's a similar animation style. Yeah. It's it, it's there is a bit where he goes to see the snowman from the the film. Uh, the film's actually based on two books. So mm. the first part of the film is actually based on the second book. Yeah. And the second part of the film is based on the first book. I mean, that's a bit like Star Wars, isn't it? Back yeah. Front. <laughs> it's just, just a bit all over the place, really. We're going to start in um, the middle with episode four. <laughs> that that was my my third one, my third favorite. I love was... that. I I will go with again. I think. Safe to say it's a solid film. It's debated by many as to whether or not this qualifies as a Christmas film. Ooh. I went with Die Hard, James, as my number three in my top three. That is 100% a Christmas film. It's, right, uh, I know, right? Come on. It, it's set at Christmas. It's a Christmas party. He's going to see his estranged wife yeah. at Christmas. It's a, it's a Christmas film. It's... Yeah, so John McClane is a cop from New York. He goes, I mean, this is for anyone that hasn't seen it. And obviously, if you haven't seen it, what the hell is wrong with you? Go and see this film. I mean, please, yeah. if you can see it in cinemas, go and see it in the cinema because it's amazing. If you, ha- if you utterly can't do that, watch it on at least a decent-sized TV with the volume turned up very loud. Definitely. Yeah, I think it's safe to say. it. Ah, oh, what a film this is. Do you know what was more weird about this is that it was more the fact that, not the nostalgia of it, but I was with my brother recently and he was telling me about this show uh, which is now on Netflix in the UK, so you can watch it on, on Netflix. And it's about the films that made us. So it's like the most famous films of the 80s and 90s and stuff. Okay. And it's a documentary about each episode's a different movie about how it was made, how it nearly didn't happen, how it got off the ground. And I think so far they've done like Dirty Dancing, Ghostbusters, Die Hard and Home Alone. And Die Hard in it, it's just wonderful. It made me realise how much I love this film, you know? Yeah. It, and- it's such a... a, a- it, it's a it is a classic, but it also introduced you to a bunch of people like Alan Rickman, yeah. and, and you know they they hadn't really hit the big time until that. Yeah, that film. and Bruce Willis was a TV star up until that point. Yeah. Really, um, apparently Willis was nearly rendered deaf during the filming of this movie because of the gunshots. They were so loud that it nearly made him deaf. God, uh, that, it's you, crazy. You can, you can believe it because it's pretty gun happy. Yeah, uh, the... uh, I I know a, a weird little fact. Go on. The role was originally, uh, or it the, through a technicality, I think they had to offer the role to Frank Sinatra. Yes, this is because of the <laughs> guy who wrote the book. Apparently, yeah, uh, the book is called Nothing Lasts Forever, um, and it was the same author that wrote a film that Frank Sinatra was in. So it was kind of the, the link between the two. Imagine Frank Sinatra in Die Hard, because I think he was in his seventies at the time. He would have been in a wheelchair, wouldn't he? <laughs> at this point, I mean, he wasn't a well man at those at that age. Probably, yeah. Mm. Oh, I'd love to see Frank Sinatra singing whilst jumping off Nakatomi Plaza. <laughs> Definitely. I Yeah, I couldn't get enough of Die Hard. Um, it spawned... Well, I guess, you know, let's be honest, it spawned every action film since, didn't it? Like, yeah. I mean, 
Steven Seagal wouldn't have a career without Die Hard. No, I mean, they've made four, five or six of them now. I've, I've, honestly, I've lost interest. I think the last one I went to see at the cinema was the fourth one where Bruce jumps off the back of an aeroplane into a uh, into a sort of a car park that's collapsing and, and inexplicably survives. Um, yeah, second... he kills a helicopter with a car, though. That's pretty cool. Is that in the first second? Is that third yeah, that, one? That's in the that's in the fourth one because they they drive. It's just before he um he attacks the plane. But yeah, he uh, he drives a car. You've got better uh, memories of this than I have. I yeah, sadly, I, I it it was the Die Hard film I saw in the cinema. Yeah, well, I took my I, nan I, I, to see this film. This is how big yeah. it, my nan is a huge action film. Um, I can see my nan is a huge action film star. She's not. She's that a would huge. Be brilliant. Star. <laughs> I mean, is there a way we could go fund me this and make it happen for her? <laughs> we can get her in Die Hard Six, I'm sure. <laughs> um, yeah. So Hans Gruber takes over the plaza. Uh, lots of people die. This has actually, and we'll move on in a second. But one of my favorite all-time favorite movie lines of any film. Which is the line where Alan Rickman and and spoilers for anyone that hasn't seen it murders Mr. Nakatomi, the um, manager of the tower. And after yeah. murdering Mr. Nakatomi, he turns to the other hostages and he says, "Mr. Nakatomi will not be joining us for the rest of his life." <laughs> it is brilliant. <laughs> Just, I mean, his comedy timing in this is so it's, understated, it's but so it's good. perfect. It's perfect. Uh, but yeah, um, I can't even say enough about it, really. It was a bit like when we did the Halloween special. You can't say enough about Ghostbusters. You cannot say enough about Die Hard. You have to no. go and watch it, form your own opinion. Uh, one more thing that I will say before we move is Alan Rickman did actually get dropped from a 25-foot platform onto a bag of air. Oh, wow. So the shot with him falling at the end of the movie is a real shot that they shot against a blue screen cushion that they dropped Rickman on, and they shot it in slow motion so it looked like he was falling out of the tower. That's. I know a little additional fact to that. Go. They didn't tell him when they were going to drop him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> apparently, great. apparently they told him he'd be dropped on three, and they dropped him on two. Oh, and, that's uh, great. <laughs> so that fear you see is not acting as good an actor as he is. That's not acting. That was genuine fear. <laughs> Such a good moment. Yeah, I think that might be my number one. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, I think no. You just talked yourself into it. I did, no. I did, didn't I? Go on, James. What's your number two? My number two. This is this is the one I might be contentious. Um, I I don't know if you will agree that this is a great film, okay. but it's a film that I've enjoyed a lot. It's The Holiday. Oh no, you're not a fan of The Holiday, are you? Yeah. Oh no, I think. I, do you know what? This is going to be really sad because I think I saw it once. Yeah. It's the one with. Is it the one with Jack Black in it? That's the one. Yeah. Jack Black, Jude Law, Cameron Diaz. <sighs> Right, I'm I, going to be. I'm going to be the audience. You're going to have to explain the holiday to me. Okay, I'm a novice. So w- basically, the the holiday follows the lives of these two women who are fed up of their own lives. Right. So w- what they do is they find a website that it's a bit like a precursor to Airbnb, but it lets them swap houses. Okay. So they're going to get away from life, boyfriend trouble, the lot. Yeah. They just want to get away from life, and they effectively exchange lives through this website. Okay, uh, I don't know if, I'm, and, I'm sure I have seen it, but I can't remember this at all. Yeah, it's 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 all right. Like I say, it's a bit contentious because it's not like an out and out great film, but it's a film I always seem to end up watching around Christmas time. So, Fine. Uh, the the thing I like about this film is um, the the way they interact. It's almost like you're 
you're meant to go with the the Jude Law relationship as right. the as the main one. I imagine that's the better looking one. Yeah, but it's the it's the Jack Black relationship that is actually the really interesting one. Okay. He's a he's in this film he's a music producer. Right, of course and, he is. Because <laughs> uh, it's, it's all it's it's in Hollywood. So uh, he writes soundtracks for films and things like that. Yeah, uh, and there is when. When you sort of meet him, you also meet the neighbour of this Hollywood house, mm-hmm. who's an old sort of classic Hollywood film actor. You know, he's in his eighties, nineties. He's really quite decrepit, bless him. Who plays that uh, character? I oh, I can't remember the actor's Sorry. name. Put you on the spot. Um, yeah, no, I, that that's fine. I'll I'll bring it up on IMDb because it's the saviour of us all. Yeah. Um, and the. Uh, the, the basic story that I really like is this guy, the um, the Actors Guild in Hollywood keep writing to him because they want mm. to honour him. But he doesn't go because he's not that good at walking. Okay. And he's he's lost all his confidence. And the woman that goes over and lives this Amer- you know American life yeah. helps him get that confidence back because it, it's not a, a romantic relationship. It's just a, a friend yeah, helping yeah, yeah. somebody else. Yeah. And so you've got all this really warm, cuddly stuff happening over in Hollywood. And in the UK, it's more traditional soppy rom-com. I'm not that interested. Yeah. Uh, so the Jude Lord bit, Cameron Diaz bit, not that interested. That that goes on uh, in the background. But you keep cutting back to the this guy. They're, they're giving him sort of therapy by letting him swim in the pool and things like that, getting, getting the confidence up. Jack Black's character writes him a theme st- song to walk onto the stage with. It's it's very cool. It's very toned down Jack Black. It's not Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not the usual kind of thing you expect from him. It's a bit like I've written in the notes here. If you imagine his character in High Fidelity, mm. toned down more and mature. he's had a, and yeah, he's had a more successful life as it were. He's a bit more in control of stuff. Yeah. It's that character uh, over again. So I think it's cuz I like the film because it reminds me of a lot of other films, and it's it's a cool, it's a, a, a an escapist film about escapism, which nice. I, I I think is is quite cool. And you know, it's it's not just the um, the soppy rom com. It it starts out as there's there's a bit more to it, bit of heart um, to it. Yeah, I like. What's it. What's its Christmas um, message, James? It's it's Christmas message is being happy with who you are and who you're with. Nice. So, because uh, they're they're obviously initially they um, the the uh, character played by Kate Winslet, uh, she's the English person that goes to America meets Jack Black. Um, she's hung up on a, a guy that she'll never be with because he's not interested her in her for the right reasons and stuff like that. So, yeah. uh, she she learns to really get on with Jack Black, really get on with the the older gentleman who is played by I believe. Done your research, haven't you now? Yeah, Eli Wallach. Right. Who uh, is, uh, he's a, uh, in real life, he's one of Hollywood's finest character method actors. And oh. he's he was in The Good, The Bad, The Ugly, The Magnificent Seven, Baby Doll. Oh, wow, okay. Uh, so that's got some tenure. Yeah, Wall Street. Uh, you know, he's been in a lot of really cool stuff. Mm. Uh, but... He he plays this this older gentleman in this film, and yeah, it's just it's a nice Christmas film. You can watch it. You can turn your brain off. You don't have to think <laughs> about anything. 
you, you, you're not, you know, you're not too worried about the message because let's face it, it's pretty basic. Yes, it's, I know you need be, that sometimes. Be, be good, be good to other people, and it's not like an in-your-face Christmas song. It's set, good, uh, good old Christmas, Christmas trash, eh? Yeah, it's uh, it's oh god, it's, oh, this is going to sound terrible, but it's like a good version of all those terrible Christmas films that Netflix have. Yeah, that you've never heard of before, totally, but they yeah. were released last year, mm. and somehow they've ended up on Netflix. My mum loves the holiday, so I think she'll listen to this episode. This will probably be her favourite episode in terms of review. Um, the yeah, it's interesting because I've, I've never. I will have to go watch it. It will be on my list now for Christmas because of this. Um, Excellent. That was your number two, right? Yeah. So you're number two now. I did a lot of thinking on this, and this film links to my number one quite nicely, but I, I couldn't kind of... Th- I think it's one of those films that hit me at the, at the right time when I watched it. I watched it when I was probably just finishing uni. I was probably about 21. Um, yeah. It's called It's a Wonderful Life, if you haven't heard of it. Oh. <laughs> I mean, again, if you haven't heard of this film, which rock are you hiding under, and yeah, exactly. can I join you? Uh, Frank Capra directed this in 1946, uh, starring James Stewart and Donna Reed, and it's just wonderful. It's it really is a wonderful life. It's a wonderful film. Um, it's about a businessman who lives in a small town in Middle America who wants to leave the small town to go and look at pastures great, like many people do, and things uh, beyond his control ground him to this town and they keep him in this town that he doesn't want to be in uh, called Bedford Falls and he's his father dies and then his, something happens to one of his family members and he has to take over the family business and all he wants to do is leave and go off and and do something with his life beyond this little town that he's kind of stuck in um, and it has that message of you know being happy with what you've got and uh, being thankful for who you're with like you said about the holiday um, and then an angel is sent from heaven to basically show him what life would be like if he'd never existed. Yeah. So if you're not sold on that, I don't know what will sell you. <laughs> I mean, I'm sold on it. IMDb yeah. gave it 8.6 out of 10. Yes. Which is very, very good. To say how old it is, it's a strong review, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, it's in yeah. black and white. I know you lot who uh, listen to our podcast, some of you have never seen a black and white film. So if you're going to start, start with It's a Wonderful Life. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's no other other black and white films worth starting with, right? No. And it's just such a wonderful Christmas movie. Like it really does. It 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 makes you, it takes you to a very emotional place. And it is eventually, it's essentially the story of one man's um like despair, really, kind of falling into this, um, I'm bored of my life, I'm bored of this constant riffraff, of this constant rat race, I'm not going anywhere fast, um, and I want to do more with my life, but can't. And I remember when I watched it, um, I was in a sort of time in my life where I'd had to come back from university, um, back home to my parents, and I felt like I was never going to be able to get away, because I mostly because of money problems and, and I was out of work at the time. And it's that perfect time. And about you, James, you've been in those situations where you watch a film that really kind of like sums up your inner monologue. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So yeah, big film, big love for it. Um, and I would definitely urge you to go and watch this this Christmas. It'll be on Netflix on LTV or Amazon Prime. I'm sure it'll be on one of the streaming services somewhere. Um, if not, uh, do what me and James do and nip down to your local CEX and um, purchase it or... Help the brothers out at HMV. <laughs> yeah. Uh, other DVD sales places are available. I mean, they are. We don't want to, you know... Be well, they're biased. not really, are they? The high street's dead. Um... It is, yeah. It's mostly Amazon. <laughs> it's mostly Amazon. Let's yeah. be honest. I mean... <laughs> Sorry, go on. <laughs> Amazon have got it. Try them. Or, or um, 
Yeah, it's just Amazon now, <laughs> isn't it? They, they own everything. Say? That thing years ago when you used to say stuff like, oh, I bet someone, no one's ever done that. And it's like, and your mum and dad used to say to you, if you can think about it, someone's probably doing it. And that's yeah. a bit like Amazon. If you can think of it, Amazon probably sell it. That's true. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> um, so, yeah, what are we on? Are we on, we're on our top film now? Yeah, we're on a top film. Um, we've had debated our four. Uh, so we've had Die Hard, It's a Wonderful Life. We've had, um, is it called, what's it called, Father Christmas? Father Christmas, um, yeah. The Holiday. Yeah. James, give me your number one favourite Christmas film of all time. My number one favourite film, drumroll please, is... <laughs> can you, you, can ed- you can edit that in, that's fine. <laughs> Absolutely. I, I'll, I'll edit the, the sound effect in, or I'll just enhance the sound of you tapping on the table, <laughs> whichever is easier. Um, right, my number one favourite Christmas film will be Home Alone. Ah, uh, of course, classic. It's, it, it is. It's, it's the, the, the best non-gangstery film Joe Pesci's ever been in. <sighs> Isn't um, it just? It's it, so it's, good. I'm, I think... Of all the actors, he probably steals the show. Yeah. Uh, just, uh, but I, I've, ri- <laughs> I've written three notes for this film, but these three notes seem to just encapsulate everything about the film. Yeah. Uh, I've written classic Christmas film. Joe Pesci is a show show stealer, and the scene with the nail in it. The, the, where he's walking up the stairs yeah, with the yeah, tar yeah, on, foot and goes his on it. foot. Yeah. I, oh, and it it still uh, it it makes me do funny things inside i don't like it it, it upsets oh, me it's so good like that whole sequence when he's arms the house yeah I, it doesn't matter if you're um a, a seven-year-old a 21-year-old or a 72-year-old watching this bit of this film you will laugh your ass off like it is so funny isn't it uh, and, and it's still funny it's, those gags will never get old because they're always yeah. funny and it's like you know how you said die hard gave us all the action films yeah it's so true. And Home Alone gave us Skyfall. <laughs> yeah. James Bond does Home Alone. Yeah. Oh. So I think I think we've got a lot to thank Home Alone for. Uh, obviously, the sequel's great. I mean, I, I could have gone with either of them, I, I think. But yeah. the, the sequel does include Donald Trump. So it's gone it does, down slightly kind of, in, in my estimation. They're but, kind you know, of it's, one and the same film, though, aren't they, really? Like, they, yeah. what, they, they, for me, you could watch them continuous to, that's what, a four-hour block, three-and-a-half-hour block, and you would not be bored. It's just a great one, you know, no. two-block of films. Um, there's, but, there is a very misleading bit in it, though. Go on. I, I think for years as a child, I, 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 I believed this, but... It, it it made me think that buying a toothbrush is really difficult. <laughs> yeah, but booking a five star hotel is not. No. <laughs> like forging a credit card. So I yeah, there's so many bits of, of like amazing child logic. Like the people that wrote it understood how a kid would probably react. Yeah. Uh and uh, and there's even though it's absolutely bonkers all the little traps he sets up. Yeah. You never at one point think, nah, I couldn't do that. No, I 100% agree. It's, oh, it's so good. And like the, the idea of the um, the man with the shovel being that man that you're scared of throughout the film. And I remember yeah. everybody kind of has that, whether it was a man or woman or, or a creature or a myth, everybody remembers growing up in an area, wherever you're from. 
and there being this like one rumor that the kid down the street told you about about something that happened in this place in this woods or it was the back you know the space between the fences between houses or it might have been an old disused uh, garage up the road and there was always a story of someone that did something there and you were all fascinated by it yeah um, and that really encapsulates that for me it's that kind of thing about um the scary monster that lurks outside at night but really it's just an old man with nothing better to do yeah it, it, again it's that whole it, it's that that kid's outlook isn't it on on, on everything and uh yeah i uh the the, the blowtorch to the head the uh, <laughs> joe pesci's reaction where yeah. he just screams <laughs> it's it's just brilliant and there's uh there's a youtube uh channel out there um uh, by the guys that uh, they called the Corridor Crew, and they they review VFX and things in movies, mm. and they do uh, they, they do sort of things where they try and update some films. So they, there's one out; it's definitely worth watching where they do some of the Home Alone injuries as if it was an R-rated film. Brilliant! <laughs> so they just CG over that with actual burn, where it would look oh. like it actually burns and and stuff like that. So uh, it it brings a new light, like a, a more realistic light to that uh, that scene. But there are uh, there are just so many moments in it. The, yeah. the 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 spider on the face with the crowbar and the oh. I like yeah. the um. I really like the moment where he goes to the church and they do the um, you know the sort of Carol of the Bells moment and yeah. he meets the old man that he's scared of in the church and talks to him about his son. And I remember that still resonates with me now. Um, yeah, it's like a really tender moment between a really old character and a really young child character. But it works so well in the context of that film. And then it's like, again, that Christmas message of not letting um, not letting hate and anger and arguments ruin your family relationships, you know, repairing those relationships and Christmas being the best time to do that. And that, again, gives Kevin Kevin's character the, the, the moment of clarity about him being selfish and that he wishes his family was, was in the house with him and not on his own. And I just yeah. I, I love it. Like it's just the perfect, not even Christmas film. I probably it's the perfect children's family film, isn't it? It, it is, and even all the side stories: the mum trying to get her home, the the band members she meets, John Candy, alone. John Candy, yeah. yeah. It just the every bit of the film carries the story really well, and you don't feel like there's any dead space. No. Obviously, there are certain films we're going to bring up. Star Wars again, where there are <laughs> there are bits of the film where yeah. all of the Last Jedi, where uh, you just feel like nothing's happening. Um, so yeah, this is yeah. this is a, a, an example of a film handling itself perfectly, step by step. John just, Williams' score as well. He's um, probably one of my favourite John Williams scores from top to bottom. Um, yeah, it's just. I mean, we, to we're going to have to do a John Williams special. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, but you could you could go now. If you were listening to this Christmas special, once you finished it, obviously finish it because we'd want the listens. But yeah. go and put on Spotify or Apple Music your uh, John Williams um, Home Alone soundtrack. It is beautiful. You can probably buy it on Amazon. It's a proper Christmas, <laughs> Christmassy feel to it. It's a proper Christmassy vibe. I think I put it on when I was putting the tree up. Yeah. Can't get no, enough. The... I've got one good fact for you about Home Alone, oh, actually, which I remembered. Excellent. And I think it was brought up on that documentary that I told you about earlier about the... Um, about the films that made us. Yeah. And it was that John Candy was um, filmed for one day and wasn't paid very handsomely for his cameo. Uh, he's <laughs> only in a couple of scenes, but it was all shot on the same day. And John Candy got less money for his appearance in Home Alone than the pizza boy that Kevin scares away. 
Oh, how good's that? <laughs> that's a, Pizza that, Boy that's got more fact. money on the on the bill on the credits than John Candy did. Oh, poor John. Mm. Oh. What a guy. Yeah, we could probably do a whole I, episode about John Candy as well. To be fair. Yeah, I mean the the, the things that oh no, obviously you know. Uh, talk about the show the films that made as well that this this film literally made this podcast in a way because chris columbus directed harry potter didn't he god yeah that's a good link i forgot about that yeah. so you know going back to our first ever going back season, to our as roots were. as it were yeah damn right yeah. so oh, yeah. yeah well done chris back when he made those good films <laughs> yeah <laughs> right I mean, I'm sure he's made other things. He's probably leading a very successful life. Bless him. <laughs> he's probably cashing those checks. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you've made a Home Alone <laughs> and a Harry you probably Potter. don't need and a Harry Potter. You probably don't need to do much more. So good, right? I'm going to move you've to my num- my number one film. Yeah. And again, it was it's. I did a lot of thinking about this, but ultimately, if I'm completely honest, I only watched this film around Christmas time, and it's kind of the only film I want to watch on Christmas Eve whether I'm with my wife or family or whether I'm on my own. Um, and it's Gremlins, James. Gremlins. Oh, such a good choice. 1984 is when it came out, so it's pretty old. Um, <clears throat> That's when I came out as well, James. Is that when you came out? Oh, yeah. excellent. You and Gremlins. <laughs> you little Gremlin. So you and Santa, you, know, you and Father Christmas, and me mm. and Gremlins. We've both chosen a year from each other's birth. You know, a this film is a, this the- is a really uh, this is a strange podcast, isn't it today? Yeah, what, yeah. What and uh, honestly, completely unscripted. It, well, it, it uh, is. I think I don't think, I don't, anyone, think we could... I don't think anyone doubts that. <laughs> <laughs> that really I don't can. think we could have scripted this if we tried. No, we couldn't. We couldn't. Um, or any of our other episodes. I literally don't even know if I've turned if I've turned the heating on when I got in. So I'm just sat. I've literally got in from work, dumped my bag, and come straight up to the to my office to to record this. Um, so if you're some kind of icicle, tap twice, and I'll send help. Uh, if I suddenly <laughs> freeze to death, you'll know like that end of The Shining. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Gremlins is. I, I've looked on the internet at this, trolling through it. It's a lot of people's favorite. It's set at Christmas, obviously. Um, yeah. It opens to um, Darlene Love uh, Christmas song. Um, I think is it snows falling down or something like that? Or, or yeah. no, baby, please come home. Baby, please come home. It's the song it opens with. Love that song as well. And Excellent song. It's about a man who's an inventor who goes to uh, Chinatown in New York and buys a mugwai, which in Cantonese means devil or demon. Yeah, and he uh, or gremlin in in the modern English. Uh, mugwai is a little furry animal that looks innocent. And he buys this for his kid, for his teenage son, uh, for his Christmas present. And um, when we get back to Bedford Falls, which was a town inspired by the Kingston Falls from uh, It's a Wonderful Life, this film—I'm yeah. going to say it on a tangent—the film is very, it's it's very similar to It's a Wonderful Life in a lot of respects, and shares many tangent lines and many um, shot choices are the same. I think It's a Wonderful Life is even on the TV in the kitchen during one of the big scenes in the film. It is, yeah. So it's very heavily referencing that film. I want Spielberg was very, uh, and Joe Dante were very, very uh, conscious of that film when making this. But obviously, yeah. instead of it being a loving Christmas film about an angel, it's a town that gets infested by terrible little demon creatures called gremlins. <laughs> um, so he buys a mogwai for his son, and yeah. it's fine. Mogwais are great pets, but there's three rules you've got to follow, James. Yeah. Uh, don't feed them. Otherwise, no. What was the first one? Don't get. I've forgotten already. Don't get them wet. So don't pour no, any water don't. on them. Don't give them any water. 
which I find really odd for a pet. You can't give it water, but you know, yeah. whatever. I wonder if you can give it whiskey or like beer. Is it all right? Or tea? Does tea count? Is that liquid? Does it matter? Oh I don't gosh, know. it's all got water in it, hasn't it? This, this is dangerous. It's odd, isn't it? Um, and then you can't show it bright light, shine lights at it, can't take it out in the sunlight, whatever you do, because it'll kill it. And the third one is whatever you do, don't forget it. Never, ever feed your mugwai after midnight. No. And, of course, all three happen. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they, 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 they're given those rules. I mean, most people can't follow the, you know, a dog's for life, not just for Christmas rule. Exactly. Uh, so like Mogwai you know, is not just for Christmas, James. No. I mean, if you if you give people three rules to follow, that's three rules they're definitely going to break. Yeah. It's so funny. Um, it is basically a horror stroke comedy, very similar to the Ghostbusters kind of concept. Some yeah. of the things that happen in this film are really horrific, but they are done in a really silly way that makes them yeah. funny. Um, so, yeah, and, and I just I just love it. I can't get enough of it. I probably watched this film probably near 100 times from when I've been a kid. Um, I think I've had it on every format since its inception. I've had it on VHS. I've had it on DVD. I've had it on Blu-ray, uh, digital download. It's it's weird to think about it from my like childhood perspective of having one movie that sort of has carried through my life on all the different formats and to see yeah. where it's where I'm going to be watching it in in 30 or 40 years from now it's weird it'll probably be implanted in your brain probably probably just be able to refer to it whenever I want imagine that that'd be great wouldn't it yeah you just rather than having sort of a, a quick flashback you'd just be able to watch the whole thing yeah uh, so apparently um Spielberg obviously produced this he wanted Tim Burton to direct the film um but decided against it because Burton had never at that point directed a feature-length movie um, many people have obviously referred to this and wonder how the hell it would have looked if Tim Burton had done it, because it would have, been, would have been interesting, I guess, wouldn't it? Yeah. I imagine the Gremlins would have looked different. They'd probably look more like Johnny Depp. <laughs> yeah. um, the scene of the department store, where Billy is attacked by Stripe the Gremlin, uh, was added in by Joe Nante as a homage to Texas Chainsaw Massacre, because uh, at one point Stripe just gets a full-on chainsaw out and runs at, at, um, <laughs> at Zack. Uh, Zach Gallagher's character wield brandishing this this chainsaw. Oh, it's such a good film. I just want to watch it again now. It, it is great. I with, with this film, I think I I have it in my head on rotation with films like Wayne's World, yeah, and uh, probably the original Karate Kid. I, I think I just came across them all. Maybe yeah. even like Hot Shots. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, all at the same time, I sort of discovered these films, and I know they're all really, really different films. But yeah, I I, I remember probably when I was very young, I, I initially thought that the um, the character Zach plays. I I in my head, I assumed it was Ralph Macchio playing that character mm. for a long time because I got the two confused. Because they're so, they were sort of similar. I mean, yeah. modern day equivalents would be someone like Justin Long, or yeah, you know, yeah. they're, they're they're basically the same actor, yeah, <laughs> all the way through. So, like, if if this film had happened maybe seven years ago, it would have been Justin Long, yeah, playing. probably. Or you know, some it, equally equally. Uh, like Justin Long's a bit old for it now, I reckon. He'd yeah, probably be someone younger. Prob- yeah, probably. But like Shia LaBeouf, maybe two you know, two w- off the rails. Yeah. But I love this film. I, it's great, I love, isn't it? Yeah, I, I like the second one, but I love the first one. The first yeah, the second good. one is very different. It kind of falls by the wayside. It's also not a Christmas film per se because it's. I think it's just set in New York. I don't yeah. think it's at Christmas or anything like that. No, well, but um, I mean, yeah, in this on. film, uh, 
you know, that there is a, a really cute shot of uh, Gizmo in a Christmas hat. Oh yeah, at the beginning. Yeah. Yeah, and that's it's great. Know, it's just it's like so the cool. bit where they go to the cinema to watch uh, Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs, and there's just hundreds of gremlins in the cinema because they can multiply with water. Yeah, and they're all in there with popcorn and guns, and some of them are inside the reel, and one of them's like attached to the reel, and he's flying around the reel. I just it, the creature effects, and I think that's one of those things that me and you talked about before is that like through CGI, through animation, the creature effects it's been lost, kind of. Um, yeah, they the, don't lo- seem the as love real. and warmth isn't there. And actually, contrary to that, I went and watched um, Natalie and I watched The Dark Crystal on Netflix, which they've done a series of The Dark Crystal from 1982. Oh, yeah, so, you remember the film from 1982? The, yeah, I remember the film. Jim Henson film. Yeah, and they've done a beautiful. Um, 10 part prequel series on Netflix to it and oh, the creature great. effects in this honestly go and watch it the creature effects in this series are unbelievably complex and beautiful to watch it takes you about half an episode to get into it that they're puppets but once you get past the puppets yeah. amazing and I love that and I said to Natalie like, I'm like I think that they've done so much in Hollywood and, the, and they've churned out so much CGI that not only is it kind of we've become almost desensitized to it, but it's also you crave a film like gremlins where all the creature effects are practical and you just see it all on screen and it's all real yeah. and it's, it's just it's, puppets and the actors have something to act against. Yeah. So that, it's I tangible. Think it's, yeah. It's, it's something that is more than just it being, you know, a, a really cool creative thing to do. It, it actually enhances the film. Absolutely. More more than CGI would necessarily. I think CGI is good for those big wide shots that you probably couldn't really do in a film studio. Fine. Yeah. When you get up close to something and it it looks like it's a PlayStation 4 game, you know, yeah. it looks there's something that's not right. It, you know, it, it's not as cool as when you get up and close with one of the gremlins and yeah. they just look they look fantastic. So yeah. funny. Yeah. I, I I really do, and you know, you know, uh, Dark Crystal, uh, Labyrinth was the yeah, same absolutely. team, I believe. Same, yeah, it's Jim Henson. Uh, yeah, and you know, it's stuff like that. It it stands the test of time. Yeah, it really does. These were Warner Brothers, so I think they were a Stan Winston um, creation. Right, I'm not sure, but I I love the Gremlins so much. Um, there is a cool fact that I found out whilst doing some reading, which I didn't know. Mm-hmm. Um, Spielberg has a cameo in it. Oh. Um, I'm going to try and find out where it is in the film. Apparently it's... Uh, so... Yeah, it's, I think it's when... When his dad... When when Billy's dad, Rand Peltzer, is in the... Um, he's, he goes away to like a convention thing. Um, it's true. So basically, yeah, because his dad's an inventor. He goes to like an inventor's convention on Christmas yeah. Eve. And uh, he stood next to a prop of the time machine from the time machine, <laughs> which is amazing as well. And apparently a moment after that, he's on the phone to the to the mum character, um, Steven Spielberg goes past the camera on a wheel on an electric wheelchair. <laughs> 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 and you just see him in the back of shot. I thought it was wonderful. So I will be going back to watch that again. Oh, definitely. Um, little fact about uh, Kingston Falls, the set. Yeah. It's the same set they used for Back to the Future. Oh really? So, it's the same town yeah. on the Universal yeah, backlot. Yeah, it's the Universal backlot. So they, That's they wicked. Used, yeah, they use the same uh, the same set for both films. So good, it's so good. I love the Christmassy vibe to Gremlins as well. Like yeah, 
it's got that it's got everything in it there's a little bit of everything like there's loads of spielberg references in it like at the beginning um there's a there's a station in kingston falls called uh rocking ricky rialto or something yeah and he's got a big billboard up in the middle of the town and it's just an indiana jones billboard it looks like he's indiana jones and it's indiana jones text and i was like oh you can tell spielberg just put his little stamp in every corner of the film do you know what's um, even cooler go on in indiana jones and the temple of doom came out in 1984 as well oh is it the same so- year yeah, so it wasn't just a, like this is a Spielberg film. It's like this is the other Spielberg film you should yeah, be watching. Yeah, that year. Yeah, yeah. And apparently, those two films were credited for inspiring the creation of the PG thirteen rating. Oh, okay, that's interesting. Just, just a little I thought known that fact. Was, I thought that was much later. However, that you might be right with that because in the UK we have the twelve A rating, don't we? Yeah, I think it so, was the first Spider Man that gave birth to the twelve A rating. So I yeah. Heard. So the PG-13, apparently uh, many felt the movies were too violent for a PG rating, but not yeah, violent course. enough to be an R-rated film. Right. Yeah, a restricted so. film in the UK uh, would be a 15 to an 18, wouldn't it? Yeah. I guess, because they were in red, weren't they? Yeah. It's really bad that I don't really acknowledge it anymore. Joe, once you become an adult, you stop looking at it. <laughs> you know, do you not understand what I mean there? You find that, you kind of like... You almost just stop looking at the uh, at the classifications. I'm looking on my shelf now um, from the podcast and where we're recording, and I'm looking at like yeah. Blade Runner 15, Spider Man Far From Home. Sorry, yeah, Homecoming 12A. I was like, oh, that's interesting. I didn't know it was a 12. Do you know what I mean? I'd never yeah. thought about it. Yeah, because well, it's not something that crosses your mind. No, you don't look. In fact, what's this one? Ooh, I think it's X Men um, Days of Future Past. I've got a different version of it, and it says 15. Jake. That's weird. You know yeah. how this whole show has been a lot of coincidences? Go on. Do you know who wrote the script for Gremlins? No. No, wait. Chris no. Columbus. Shut up. <laughs> so hang on a minute. We just plugged Chris Columbus, Spielberg. Who else? What, we plug in 1991, my year of birth, yeah. your year of birth. Chris Columbus wrote all the movies. And Home Alone. Yeah, that's so weird. I don't think I ever knew that. I knew Joe yeah. Dante directed it, but I didn't know it was. That's brilliant. Um, yeah, apparently his first script went through a few drafts before shooting. His original version had the gremlins killing the dog and cutting off the mum's head. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't work as well, uh, does it? No, no, that probably would have made it an R though. Yeah, it would have done. I always found um, there's a few bits that scared me. I think the bit when they come out of the eggs. Um, yeah. And the bit in the school, when there's a gremlin in the school, he's in the box, isn't he? And the box falls off the desk. And when the teacher goes to pick the box up, there's nothing in the box. He's gone. Um, And then later on, I think Billy goes to the uh, infirmary or whatever to go and sort his hand out. And the gremlin just sort of like jumps out at him (laughs) out of a cupboard. (laughs) And I remember like, I remember being about 10 when I watched this at my auntie's house and being absolutely terrified of this little thing jumping out the cupboard. And I just thought they were going to come out of the kitchen cupboards at home at the night. So I'd never ever go into my kitchen in the dark in case there was one in there. (laughs) Just in case you had a gremlin. (laughs) It's weird, isn't it? The stuff you remember from being a kid, like the trauma caused by, uh, by stupid films as a child. Jake, I've got more more coincidences. Okay, hit I'm, me. I'm not making these up. Chris Columbus wrote the script for this movie yep. and directed Home Alone and Home Alone 2, Lost in New York. Yep. All three movies have a video clip from It's a Wonderful Life. <laughs> That's wicked. That's a great fact. <laughs> so we've inadvertently cross-universed our choices. They all interlink. 
Yeah. We should have just pretended we knew. It would have been better. <laughs> it would have been more impressive. It's it's less impressive that I'm live reading this from IMDb, I guess, but it's still cool that we inadvertently, accidentally... Crossed all our phones. Yeah. That's well done, brilliant. Home Alone, Gremlins, It's a Wonderful Life. And what was the other one? Um, uh, um, Indiana Jones. I know yeah, we didn't they pick all, it, but... Yeah, but they all cross each other. Yeah. That's wicked. Ah. Oh. Yeah, honestly, um, I hope Gremlins is on. If it isn't on, I will be watching it on some format. I think I've got it on my iPhone. So because I'm at my mother-in-law's house tomorrow night, if I'm yeah. not, if it's not on the TV, it's going on my phone at night, and I will sit and watch <laughs> it on my own in the corner like some sort of idiot. Um, but I have to have a, I have to have a viewing of Gremlins. I, you know, it's it's a a much needed thing. There's nothing I like better on Christmas than sitting down with a drink and watching a small creature be blended. <laughs> 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 he puts his head in the icing tray. Do you yes. remember this bit? And the yes. mum turns the blender on. It just blends the gremlin. <laughs> oh, I might watch it now. It's brilliant. Uh, yeah, just, uh, just get, so get it out good. of your system. So good. Well, that that's it. That's my that's our Christmas choices. Gremlins number one and Home Alone. So yeah. James is going Home Alone. I'm going with Gremlins. You need to yeah. watch these films. Honourable mentions, obviously, would be It's a Wonderful Life, Die Hard, The Holiday, and uh, Father Christmas. Yes, uh, there were a Father few. Christmas is really short if you if you <laughs> don't have if you, much time. If you're pressed for time and need to watch yeah. a quick Christmas, get yourself in the mood quickly. Watch Father Christmas. You could probably watch it whilst cooking a turkey. I did think of a few other films that would be like high on my list. Um, oh, okay, Jingle All the Way. Um, oh yeah, Gareth at work was a big fan of National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, which again is a yeah. is an absolute classic. I think it's worth saying. Um, Nightmare Before Christmas is a, one of a personal favourite of my wife's. Yeah, that's also um, good. She loves watching that around Christmas. Um, Jack Frost with the amazing um, uh, Michael Keaton. Yeah. <laughs> Can't get enough of that. I'd... Um, Batman. Batman's a Christmas film. It, Batman Returns, funnily enough, yeah. is on the list. Yeah, yeah. Batman Returns. Batman Returns. Is a, you yeah. can easily watch, smash that out at Christmas. It's great. Uh, Elf... Um, another one that I really love, uh, Muppets Christmas Carol. <laughs> the best Christmas Carol film. And it really is. I, I should know this. We, we have a, a bit of a joke uh, around Christmas in our household. My dad owns pretty much all variations of A Christmas Carol. Like, there's oh, right, the Patrick okay. Stewart one, the Jim Never Carrey seen one. one. I've they, seen the Jim keep, Carrey one. Yeah. They, they keep making them, Jake. They and, They're making another uh, one on BBC. Yeah, yeah. So he's, he's been watching that. We've got... Um, on Amazon, they have A Christmas Carol. I think it was filmed in 1945. Bloody it's hell. also on Amazon Prime in a recolored version. I have Re- seen the. I've seen one that was filmed, I think, in the 70s, and I can't remember um, who was in it. But I remember watching it. I think it's in color. Yeah, it's in the that- mid 70s. That one was really good, actually. It's very yeah. close to the book as well. So uh, A Christmas Carol. There's. There's almost an infinite number of Christmas carols. You've even got like Scrooge, things like that. So, oh can... yeah, Scrooge. We didn't put that on the list. No, I'm With Bill, Bill Murray. Murray. Yeah, what Bill a Murray movie. Is high. Um, so there, it, you could probably fill your entire Christmas season with a, 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 a Christmas Carol. Yeah, <laughs> variations on so on theme. <laughs> so funny. Oh dear. Well, I think we've given people lots of films to watch now. I do, I do, and I I will hope that all the uh, all the merriment is had, and that people have a very good Christmas, a safe Christmas, uh, yeah. no no too not too much binging, and not too much eating either, because you can make yourself ill. And don't 
feed or water your dogs or cats. Uh, uh, they may multiply like gremlins. <laughs> don't shine torches in your cat's eyes. No, <laughs> they, they do. don't like it. They've got claws they might as not, well. They might not melt, but they will attack you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and whatever you do, um, don't feed them after midnight, because to be honest, they should be in bed by midnight anyway. Ah, uh, definitely. Yeah, yeah my they, dog they is. Just, so, yeah. They, they just has to be let out if you do that. Yeah, exactly. It's just getting up earlier, isn't it? Um, uh, so yeah, I've enjoyed this, James. I have it was to. a it's very been... last minute, and I've really enjoyed it. We need to see if we can... Uh, yeah, we'll do some more. I think in the new year, we're going to rethink our strategy on um, <laughs> Fast and the Furious, because I think it's one of those where I might have to have a break from Fast and Furious for at least a year. <laughs> can, can we... we we'll, we'll call that the end of, of season two. Yeah. <laughs> season two, which was the not-so-fast and mostly the same. Well, they're bringing a new one out at some point, so we can probably smash them all out before we go and see the new one. Do you think we need to see the others? Can we just see the new one? I'm sure we'll catch up. I'm sure we will. <laughs> Apparently, they're bringing Paul Walker back. Oh, God. Right. I'm going to go, James. <laughs> Merry Christmas, everybody. Merry Christmas, everyone. Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year, and we will be back on the air in the new year, better, bigger, uh, and 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 more outrageous than before. Uh, Absolutely. Probably. <laughs> just just as well rehearsed as this one. Exactly. Bye. Bye. Bye everybody. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Bye.